at the other end of any post or any story, anything you put on the internet is opportunity. There is a gold mine out there. But if you don't bring your pickaxe, you never have a shot mm -hmm. at like achieving some of that gold. Welcome to the Coffee with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Marie, web designer and CEO of Courtney Marie & Co. After building a multiple six-figure design agency, I wanted to create a podcast to share everything I've learned and am still learning to help you grow your business. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts, share tips on branding, marketing, business, and so much more. So if you're ready to learn how to run a successful business and stand out online, grab your cup of coffee and let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. So today I have a special episode. I'm super excited. I'm actually doing this in person with a couple friends of mine that I met in Austin a year ago, really right when I moved here. Um, amazing how I met them and we're still here today. Um, so with me, I have CJ and Yash. I'm going to actually have you guys introduce yourselves. I think that'll be much better. Um, so CJ, why don't you go first? Um, and before I get into that today, we're talking about content repurposing. And these guys, why I brought them in, they do this very well. And so I really wanted them to share their expertise and just give you guys a few tips on why it's important. And then also like what that looks like. So before we dive in, if you want to introduce yourselves. Yeah, would love to. Uh, just thank you for coming through today. This is going to be a blast, and we're going to talk about something I'm very passionate about and excited to hear what Yash has to say as well. But my name is CJ Finley. I'm the founder of Thrive on Life, where we help mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. And when we're talking social media and content, I'm a big believer in storytelling is something that is a great tool to help build trust with your customer. And above and beyond that, if you don't have a business, it's a great way to just storytell for yourself and look back on your life and be proud of how you're living your life. So again, very excited for this conversation and thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Yash and uh, I'm the founder of Saren Pods and Media. Uh, Saren is short for me for serendipity. I created that name out of the fact that I felt Austin is this magical city where there's a lot of serendipity that takes place. And as uh, CJ just mentioned, storytelling that just brings it out of people. And uh, yeah, I got into this space because I felt that I could connect with a lot of people just through all of their stories. And that's what brought me here. And I think that, like you mentioned, content repurposing got into the fact that storytelling sometimes gets exhausting. So you want to save yourself and your story in the best possible way. Yeah, we'll definitely dive into that. It's crazy how Austin has just a such, such a big community of entrepreneurs and it's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's dive right in. And I really want to get into, you know, before we talk about systems and all of that, you guys know that I love systems. If you follow me, that's all I talk about. Um, but before we dive into that, I really want to have you guys touch on why is content repurposing important? Maybe just give a brief explanation what it is for new entrepreneurs coming in, um, what that looks like, and why should we be doing it? Yeah, I guess I'll kick it off. I think before we even talk about content repurposing, we have to talk about what is the purpose of content in general. So if you're somebody, I'll, I usually like to break things down to describe the type of person that I'm speaking to on the other end. So I feel like in today's world, there's two types of people. There's 
either somebody that's already the entrepreneur and they're trying to build their personal brand or there's somebody that's working in the corporate world and they don't necessarily want to build their own business, but they want to figure out how to build their own brand and how content fits in line with that. No matter if you're A or B type of person, figuring out why you're actually showing up and producing content in the first place is very important. That's the first system that you want to build. And for me, that all comes down to core values. So if you go on my social media or anything that I post, anything that I'm going to post on a daily basis is going to fall in line with my core values of like authenticity, community, grit, empathy, I kind of designated those for myself. And then I say, does this fall in line with who I want to be as a person and how I want to show up each and every day? So that's the initial system that I set for myself of what type of content does CJ want to be producing? On top of that, you also say, want to say and ask yourself, who do I want to connect with? So if I create my core values and then I produce content that falls in line with those core values, I'm going to innately attract that type of person that also has those core values. So to make it super practical, if you go to my pages right now, you'll see content around two things, podcasting and fitness. Not just fitness in the sense of go do your reps and go do your sets, but me maybe running and having a motivational saying while I'm running. And then you have the podcast, which I have conversation. The podcast is my community and storytelling type of core value where I want to share people and their education that they have to give to other people. And then the fitness falls in line with the authentic me, the person that I want to be and become. And then that attracts that type of person that also values motivation and inspiration. There's other forms of content that I do produce, but I think anybody out there that's listening to this can understand, okay, if I'm posting podcast content, why am I doing that? Or if I'm posting fitness motivation content, why I'm doing that and the problem that it solves in the market. So... Did you start, and I, I'd love to ask you this same question because I mine is different. Did you start posting that type of content when you first started in the online space or what was like the first type of content that you started to build your community or yeah, audience? So for me, I think it was what was I, what, what was I naturally wanting to showcase? What would inspire me every day? So it started with, what was inspiring me every day? And then I started looking at a framework. Okay, how can I create structure around this so that it doesn't become overwhelming? And I think in the beginning, it's overwhelming for people now because people are so much further ahead, quote unquote, than when I started. When I started producing content, there wasn't even Instagram stories. So what the, the competition, it was a completely, it was the wild west and it was just photos. There was no reels. There was no TikTok. So it was just creating photos and writing copy around your own personal story. And then I started asking myself, well, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? And if I am, I want some structure or some constraints that'll help me really dial into what story am I trying to tell around who I truly am and just putting the blinders on to everybody else. So it, naturally I was producing that content. And then later on down the line is when I created that structure of core values and really keeping me in line with who I want to become as a human being. And then just sharing that story in the digital world with other people. Yeah. Yeah. When I very first started, I mean, based off of what you just mentioned, like it was Instagram when we first started was like, I'm just going to share like photos. Do you remember those old filters? Oh yes. Pia (laughs) was like 
on lock. <laughs> that was like the very first OG ones. Yeah. But after doing that for a while, like I feel like we moved into this space now and I was having this conversation with my roommate as well. Like I don't know what the metric of people still just using it for the sake of, hey, I'm just going to f- post a photo that's something that was I did last weekend and then not use it again for like four months or two months oh, and here's yeah. another photo dump. It's gotten to the point, <laughs> excuse me, um, to where you're, you post things that you create this identity around, which is what you, when you were talking reminded me, like you want to connect with other people and that's what I've been focusing on. I, and James Clear talks about this on Atomic Habits. He's like, you have to create an identity for yourself, not just goals. Like I see myself as a person who wants to travel. So I'm a traveler. So what is the content that I'm going to put? I'm going to put travel content because I want to go meet other travelers who are going to say, let's go to these amazing places. What do I, well, I identify as a podcast producer. So I'm going to put content that people are going to say, wow, he produces podcasts and that's the associated stuff. So it's, I've gone from, let me just put something about my life on a weekend or here to now. These are my, this is who I identify as. And this is what I want more of in my life. And I want to step more into that because I know that it's going to take me further down the road for what I want to be more of. And yeah, I say, I think for me, it's just I understanding as he put core values for me, it's been the pillars within me and the identity as to who I want to be and just step more into that space. And that's a great point because what we're talking about is social media. Yeah. The word social action is in the name of it, social media. So what Yash does a great job of, and I think a lot of our friends here in Austin do a great job of is realizing that the metric of our success on social media is are we connecting with people that we can build relationships with and help make positive change with? Yeah. And if I'm not, then I need to tweak how I'm showing up, tweak what I'm posting so that I do attract that type of person and I'm living the life that I actually want to live off of social media. Mm-hmm. And that's how I judge myself is just like the point of it is, am I living this thriving life in reality, because I've created this digital identity that you've said that attracts people where I do really cool things with and travel with and run mountains with. And if more people viewed it that way, like the way that Yash is viewing it, it becomes less overwhelming. Yeah. When I liked how you also mentioned like helping, because at the end of the day, entrepreneurs, we help other people. So yes, we want to share content that's about us, but it's more important like to share content that helps your ideal client. Um, and so like, I think a good starting point for people, maybe they're not sure. Cause I really want to like a lot of people listen to this, they're just starting. And then there's other people that are, you know, years into their business. So before we get to that point for the person who let's say they're at a, a nine to five and they're seeing TikTok reels pop off. They're like, wow, this is cool. I, I really want to do, I actually had a friend that said, I really want to do this, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where to start. Um, what advice would you give them to create the content? Like, is it a skill set that they should find what they're really good at and then start creating content around that to see where that goes, like to turn it into a business? 
you threw a little curveball at the end there. I think I want to. Well, because like at the end of the day, the purpose of content is usually to get sponsors, to start a business, but you have to build that audience. What I would ask a specific person that comes to me and says, this is what I want to do. My first question is why? Well, what if they don't know what they want to do, but. So to that. Oh, like why do they want to start? Yeah. Why? Like that person that you described. They want to leave their nine to five. I want I like I want to post more on TikTok and my first question is why? And then maybe the second part is maybe one day I could grow the TikTok and leave my job. Yeah. So that's kind of the archetype we're looking at? Yeah. Okay. I'll let But they need to build that audience first cuz that in itself takes a long time that people don't realize. You can't skip that step. And the, yeah, and this exactly. It takes a long time and for it to take a long time, you have to be in a position to say I'm going to show up for a long time. Yes. So the person who is at this nine to five, being able to say, oh, I see this thing popping off. So I want to try and do something. They need to be in a position where it's the least friction for themselves rather than trying to like theorize about the fact that there is going to be a business. What is the thing that they feel drawn to right now that says, I know that if I do this today, I'm still going to show up tomorrow and the day after and I'm going to do it. I'm not trying to do it through the lens of scalability because if they think about scalability on day one, once they get to day five, day 10, this is, this is like completely a different field for them because they've been in this nine to five. They've not done any of the actions and now putting them in the mindset of saying, I'm going to become this thing is not going to happen. And it's not going to happen overnight. (laughs) Sorry to break it to you. And what I would tell them, they're in nine to five, they got a paycheck. I almost am inclined to say, you're in a better position than the person that doesn't have the paycheck. Because if you were in the position that you are now and you're able to save 200, 500, $1,000 a month, and then you're able to build a team around helping you get the goals that you want, you're going to execute much faster. So like taking the time, yes, it takes time to show up and produce but like right now, we have the cameras rolling and we have the audio rolling. The real time though is once we turn these cameras off. And if you have the money to pay somebody that's an expert to help you go faster, mm-hmm. well, you have a nine to five, you, you can actually do that. If you quit your job today and then you say like, I want to be a TikTok star, or a YouTube star, now you don't know what you're doing and you don't have a paycheck. So I see a lot of people that do that and it almost makes them take more time because then they get distracted from actually becoming better at TikTok or better at YouTube or better at social media in general because they're stressed about not having money and not being able to fulfill their Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if I'm that person, just like Yash said, you kind of need to know why you're doing it because if you know why you're doing it, you're going to be willing to show up for a longer period of time. And then on top of that, it's understanding that you're not going to be good at it. You're just not. (laughs) You can't have that expectation. The only way to become good at it is the 10,000-hour rule. You don't go to college on day one expecting your degree to then get your job on day three. You Mm -hmm. actually paid 50 grand and $100,000 or even more if you go to grad school and get your PhD to finally be certified in what you're capable of doing. And then even still, you get nervous because you have to go into a reality of that job not knowing what you're doing. 
But the best surgeon isn't the guy who got the best GPA in med school. The best surgeon is the one who's performed the most surgeries with the highest success rate. And the only way that you get a high success rate is you sign up for that first surgery. So my challenge to you, if you're listening to this and you want to create content, create three pieces of content per day without expectation and just go. And then on top of that, reach out to people like Courtney or your trusted friends. And what I would say, you need to learn how to have advisors. How do I make this content better? And allow yourself to get grilled just like you did in school. If you got the best students, if you got a 70, you didn't cry. You went to study hall hours and asked your teacher, how do I get 90 next time? Social oh, media is that is what you guys way. said? <laughs> I just stuck with the 70. I'm, I'm good with In this. the classes that you didn't care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? The classes I didn't care about got C's. Mm-hmm. Classes that I cared about got A's. Yep. If you want to get an A at social media, go hang around other people that are getting A's and then absorb that. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of steer this in a just a different direction real quick um, because I want people to see what's possible with content. Mm. How has content helped you in your business? Like, what does that look like? Did you get sponsorships from it? Um, did it help you grow your business? Like, what are the possibilities to open people's eyes to like, you know, for the people, well, how do you make money posting on Facebook? Well, let's talk about it. Like, what are the possibilities? I have a, Good example, the top of my head. Okay. Um, I shot a few videos, um, edited them with um, my business partner, Brian. Um, and uh, CJ had seen that through time. And then I had also just shown up. Uh, as we were talking, I think, prior to this podcast, it's kind of like show up. Every time you show up, you get noticed. And uh, last year, um, I showed up with content to help out just as a friend for uh, How Do You Help Fest. Uh, which is a festival that takes place uh, uh, in Music Hill Ranch in Austin, Texas. It's a health-based festival. Come and do it this year, December. <laughs> I was waiting Tickets for it. Tickets are live right now. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, CJ was is part uh, was uh, part of uh, How Do You Health uh, back then, and I came just as a friend, just to show up, support, and I had a knowledge space within content on how to capture the entire. Uh, festival and do various things with it. And I showed up and I did that. And that's for me specifically as a, uh, as a producer behind um, the camera in that field. And for me, it opened up the doors because I showed up, I did that. And then CJ was like, wait a second, Yash is a missing piece, a plug into our overall thing that we're trying to do. And then that brought me into this whole new world. And now I'm, you know, partners with CJ and I'm in, in that, specific media business and now i'm seeing how other things are tied in with the podcasting stuff that i'm doing so well even the clients you have now exactly it's all like a ripple effect it is Mm -hmm. um and it started from like something like where i was just like i know how to do this one specific thing which is with video and i can show up and help a friend out which i did with my specific skill set and then that small skill set now has expanded into so much more and it's repaid. And you had a solution to a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one aspect is like show up the things that you already are doing and already are showing up for and provide extra value and be a solution. And then the other path to it 
and this this question fires me up so much because my life wouldn't be what it is without social media. Same. Is understanding that at the other end of any post or any story, anything you put on the internet is opportunity. There is a gold mine out there. But if you don't bring your pickaxe, you never have a shot mm-hmm. at like achieving some of that gold. And what I mean by that is I've made money. I've been in a New Balance ad like as a model. I've been in Roan ads as a model. I've also shot for New Balance with my team. I've produced podcasts that I've got paid for. I've been on podcasts at South by Southwest. I am locking up public speaking gigs. One's in February. So however many, it's uh, it's July right now, getting ahead of myself. So however many months in, in advance, and the person who hiring me that for this met me off social media, and then the gig that I have, the woman hiring the agency for it, which then the agency hires me, she reads my email newsletters, which I would consider something to do with social media because my social media leads people to newsletters. The reason I'm outlining all this is because I didn't even know that this gold existed. So I'm going to break down one specific story that'll tell you how you can utilize social media. When I moved to Austin, Texas, I didn't know a single person. So what I did was I went to every single gym. The reason I went to the gym, going back to Yash's Reduce your friction. What are you already doing? I already work out. So I'm going to go to every gym and studio, and then I'm purposely going to go to classes where this instructor or the owner is frequently using social media. I'm going to ask them, hey, I'd love to take a picture with you afterwards. Take a picture with them, shout out the great class, whatever. So immediately, the first thing that I do is how do I provide value? What do those gym owners or instructors need? They need more eyes on them. So even if I only have one extra eye that I eyeball that I could put on them, maybe it's my mom that's following them, whoever, right? I'm thinking, how can I provide value in my lowest friction arena? I go there, start meeting people. Then they're like, hey, we should grab coffee sometime or we should grab another class. I start building relationships. Then it's, oh, we're doing this event. I'd love for you to come with your friends or whatever. So I go to the event. But not only do I bring a couple people, I bring a camera and I bring a drone because I also know that what do those businesses need? Content. Content and media. (laughs) And I love telling stories. So I would show up with a drone and a GoPro and I didn't know what the fuck I'm doing. I went to engineering school. (laughs) I know how to solve problems. And one of the problems was content and media. So I show up with these things and then they're like, wow, like, I I would do the work and then I would send them the videos and the photos and tag them. And then they're like, hey, I want to connect you with so-and-so. Building more relationships. One specific relationship, shout out Chris Devine from Roan. And even before that, Shay Boland. I met Shay here in Austin, Texas. He was building Sprint Squad, which is now, Shay lives in LA and Sprint Squad's like over 100 people every other Saturday. It's a great community event that happens here in Austin, Texas. And it just started with like 10 people. And then Chris was out here from Connecticut, saw Shay. He was like, 
hey, we're trying to get more people to come to our own events. We have these like community events. Shay then brings me up to meet Chris and we're like, fuck yeah, let's get, let's get 50 people to the next event. How can we do this? So you show up with 50 people, we get the content, we hand out some free gear and free snacks and whatever. And then I get contacted to then be an ambassador, like captain for Roan, which then unlocks, I mean, you get connected with these brands that are connected to the top fitness influencers, models, content creators, coast to coast. And now within a two and a two or three year span, it's, I have my friends DMing me like, Hey, I just saw you on Apple TV <laughs> because I was modeling the clothes. That all started with exactly what Yash said. How do I find a passion that I'm about low friction, go to a gym and solve a problem. And it could look a million different ways. So Courtney, for you, it's like, Everybody needs websites mm -hmm. if they're in the small business world. Yeah. That's a, that's a great problem to be solving. And then social media is just the tool to help you be more social and create stronger connections to people. Because at the end of the day, the people that are deciding, are you getting paid the public speak? Are you going to be a paid model? Are you going to be the paid content creator like Yash's where he can do it all is all relationships. Yeah. Well, and I like, um, I have friends that they think it's funny. They're like, oh, you post so much on stories. And I'm like, there's a method to the madness. There's a reason why I do that because you want to say, yes, I share more about my life to connect with people. And then also like social media, you want to be social and you want to be constantly in front of your ideal client's mind. So when they do need X solution, they think of you. And I think that's more on the marketing side of things. Um, but I mean, you have to be social. Like, <laughs> you can't take the social out of social media. Or someone has to do it for you. Like, or if that. you're going to start a business. <laughs> that would be great. If you're going to start that's a business, <laughs> well, there's a lot of introverts out there. There's a lot of people Me. that have created tech tools. You don't even, they, they're 100 millionaires and you don't even know it, right? So there are multiple ways to solve problems. Mm -hmm. But if you want to grow your business and you're not the person that wants to be on social media or selling your product, you need to find a co-founder that is. Or there's other ways to do it, like with graphics. Like you don't mm. have to do camera or face to camera. Like there's so many other ways. You just have to research it. And it goes back to what you said. You have to be willing to show up consistently. I think it took me two years to truly build a good community on Instagram and I mean, there were times that I wanted, I'm sure you guys had times where you wanted to give up um, or maybe you didn't, but I definitely did. <laughs> and I, it's hard. It's not easy. I have a never give up tattoo on my rib cage, so I don't know if I'm allowed to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you bring up a great point of the frustrations side of it, where the most frustrating thing for me is you're not in control. Yeah. I think everybody that's type A and that is the go-getter that starts something, you want to have control over certain variables. And with social media, it's just, it's out of your control. But something that really helped me is really dialing down, there's only 24 hours in a day and what can I can control in that day? So when I think you mentioned stories and posting a lot of stories, if I don't do a lot 
and I don't have a lot of stories to post, that means I didn't take advantage of that day. Yeah, so that's good. it's less of what I'm, what does everybody else think of my stories and more of if I have stories to produce, it means that I'm producing a hell of a 24 hours. And if I don't have anything to post, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah, that's a good And that's how that. I think about it. And that's how I show up. Now, maybe other people are, again, you could be an introvert and just want to write all day and not, but don't come to me saying, I want to build a business and get out there and not pay for marketing and not have a co-founder. So that's where the conflict I have is I deal with a lot of people that are like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. No. You can't have this growing business and be 100% the equity owner and not show up on social media and not show up selling and marketing. It's just never going to grow. So yeah. you either have to find that co-founder or that partner or pay for someone like Yash to help you create the designs and create the content. Or you're going to stay in the exact same spot for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and still be complaining. Yeah. yeah. With everything moving digital now, if like to your point and what CJ mentioned, everyone needs a website. So at the day, at the end of the day, if it's like it started with the telephone book or whatever, and like now with just more people everywhere, like how do you get yourself out there if you're not going to get online and spread your word consistently? And I think to his point, it's stories like I feel that, and what you just mentioned, you want to be at the front of someone's mind. If I'm like wanting a solution, I am like, if I think about the person that I can connect with, that to me does it way more than me thinking about the fact, oh, I know he's an expert. It's like, I don't necessarily know who's an expert. Yep. You, Everyone's you, you, an expert on yeah. social media, don't you know? <laughs> exactly. But it's also like you don't know what you don't know. And there's just, hmm. if you go to this, if you're like, I need a solution in life for something that I don't know you're going to go to the person that you're like, oh, wow, I connect with this person. Mm. You're not going to go to this person that you're like, oh, he's an expert because you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that goes back to the story I shared with you guys earlier um, because I was deciding if I wanted to separate my accounts between business and personal as we grow the agency. And one of my clients actually shared with me, she's like, oh, I don't think you should do that because one of the reasons why I hired you was a post that you posted. It was personal I posted a quote and she saw that and she's like, that's the person that I want to hire. It was not a website. It was not branding. It was personal connection. I have something that would counter that. But a lot of it comes down to how big do you want to grow your business? Exactly. That's like, do where, you want to yeah. always be in your business? Because the way that you're growing at that point is not scalable. Mm -hmm. But if people are coming to if people don't know who Courtney is and they're signing up to work with your agency, you have a scalable business that you could eventually sell one day. But if people are only signing up because of Courtney to get their websites done because of Courtney, mm -hmm. that could be a great small business that you could scale to multi-million dollars. But if you want to be a hundred million, oh God, that's and, way too much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, everything is about lifestyle. Like, I, but this is where like, I'm, a yeah, yeah. I, I love business and I love posing the questions of like, what do you really want out of life? Because your customer's 100% right mm -hmm. for the type of business. If for where we are now. Yeah, for that type of business that you want to grow, 100%. But if you ever were like, you know what? I want to scale and sell this and not be the bottleneck. Well, I need, I need constant lead gen that they don't even know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Diving into more content specific. Before we do that, I want you to touch on which platform should someone start with? I want to hear your guys' opinion on this. Oh, this is a, this is a huge breadth of things to pick from. I had a conversation yesterday with um, a client who 
is in the biohacking space and her target audience is uh, women who are, um, as you had mentioned, nine to five, who are just in the corporate setting and uh, they're in consulting space. They're just going all the time. There's, I mean, when you're in consulting, it's just go, 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 go. But they have this itch of like, man, I'm, I'm getting burnt out. Like I want to have my family. I want to do all these things and like be sustainable. So where do these women who are in this consulting space necessarily hang out? They wouldn't spend their times on Instagram as much as they would on a LinkedIn because they're still there. Oh, that's a good point. Their goal is they're like, I still, I like what I'm doing and my mindset is based around my consulting life, but I need some solutions for this problem that I'm facing now, which is I'm feeling some type of burnout. So it's like, they're going to seek those solutions on the same place that they already spend time hanging out. So it depends. The answer for that is like, you need to identify who, who is your audience that you're wanting to go for and try and break down where would they be ideally spending their time. In that example, that's going to be a LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And for me, like personally, like within the podcast space or even just travel related content, that's a very visual, that's a very like auditory aspect. I could, people love to pick up on like our conversation here someone is going to go on an Instagram and just want to see someone having a chat around something like content because we're repurposing this thing mm -hmm. and being able to show the fact that, Hey, it's not only on one thing, it's on something else. So it could be used with graphics, et cetera. And uh, so I think it's like trying to identify where your audience hangs out and then trying to make that your priority for your content. Yeah. There's a reason why we, why everyone talks about your ideal client or your niche. Like, Everything stems from there. I love that answer. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, people make purchasing decisions based on trust. We buy things from people we trust. So once you identify your target customer, the platform that they're on is determined where are they getting their trusted source of information. So... A great example is like I've had clients in their 50s or 60s at certain times and they're look they're like because Instagram was the hot thing or TikTok's the hot thing and I'm just like well the reality is a lot of 50 and 6 year olds are on Facebook and in yeah. Facebook groups so you need to learn how to maximize that and you feel the sticking point because that's like they're now converting their safe space into they feel like the sleazy car salesman. So there's two ends to the spectrum of you have the platforms that are being congregated by your target customer, but you also have to understand you can't just go to that platform and then start selling because that's not what's going to get them to buy. So I'll use Yash as an example. Once you determine that target customer, maybe that target customer is on LinkedIn, but you can't go to LinkedIn and then start producing content and saying, buy my product, listen to my podcast. <laughs> me, me, me. Me, me, me. Think back to what I talked about when I was going to those gyms. Go to LinkedIn and above and beyond the platform, look at the people who are already influencing and impacting your target customer. What are they doing? Study that. If you understand how those people have created communities of 100, 1,000, 10,000, 
maybe a million people are engaged with that person, why is that? Once you start deciphering that, then you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, how do I go to this platform and show up as my authentic self, but also solve a problem that's for that target market? Because that's going to be a much faster solution. Great example. Use that same principle I just used. That person on LinkedIn also has a podcast. How do I create my own podcast to then be valuable to that person who already has the community that I'm trying to provide value to as well? If that person comes on my podcast and then shouts out my podcast, well, now their community of 1 million people now knows about me and now I have solutions for them. That's the rising tides lift all ships model. Their customers can be my customers and vice versa. You have to have the infinite mentality. You can't have scarcity mindset. And unfortunately, too many people have the scarcity mindset of me, 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 like Mm -hmm. you were saying, rather than, okay, who are the people on the platforms that are making the most impact? And then how do I be just as valuable as those people? And sometimes that looks like I'm going to help that person help their people even further before I start cultivating my own community that I can serve. Yeah. Serve. I want, I want to build Keyword off, serve. Agreed. I want to build off of the point that you just mentioned for the scarcity versus abundance mindset. I think um, in conversations that I've had with people who are trying to start forming content around that, something people struggle with is I feel like there's content already around what I want to do. So why would I want to do this when it already exists? And that I think kind of ties into the scarcity aspect where it, sure it does, but there's always people coming into this whole field from a brand new thing. Like you probably didn't know about web design when you were 15. There's now a 15 year old, or that's just an example, a 15 year old who's going to probably become, better than me. Yeah. And like someone is always going to come become exposed because they're always going to run into this. I now have come across this new problem in my life because I've progressed so far. So the field never ends. It's not like the only people that are going to use it is like maxed up. There's always new people going to arrive to the space and new people connect to different people in different ways. So you want to be able to show solutions in the way that it helped you and show it through your own personality. The type of person that you just described is focusing on the end result. Don't compare your today to somebody else's in your journey. A great example is we're on a podcast, right? There's, There's people with podcasts that have millions of downloads per so why are we podcasting? Because we love podcasting. That's one. Why else? <laughs> we love helping people. That's another one. There's I, multiple. I want to become a better public speaker. What If I become a better public speaker, I'm now maximizing my potential as a human. If I maximize my potential as a human, I become a better husband, a better friend, a better family member. So now I'm linking podcasting to becoming a better husband, friend, future father. If you are able to ingrain the why, like we had mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast, into all your content, whether it's on one channel and one platform or repurposing it onto multiple, you are going to be consistent. Consistency builds momentum and momentum is going to basically, the way that I always look at momentum, if you took water and you ran it over a rock for a day, does it do anything to the rock? (laughs) No, right? But if you have a river that flows over rocks 
for a decade. What does it do to the rocks? Yeah. That's crazy, right? If you really think about that, that's what content is if you do it over a 10-year span. That's a good point. And like another thing that you guys both mentioned, Yash, the, cause I struggled with this too. Well, so-and-so is already doing that. You know, they're great at it. What, who am I to do? Who am I to do this? Who are you not to do this? And if so many people are doing it, that's proof that it's working. If people weren't doing it, I would be concerned that I might be going down a dead end. Now, there can be people that innovate, but in a world like in the world that we're in now, it's so hard to create new things. Um, so I think that's a really good point. And then also, like that's why personal branding is so important because people, like you said, people buy on trust and they buy because they relate to you, not necessarily the expertise. Yeah. I don't buy things from experts. I buy things from people I believe in. Yeah. I buy things from people that even if they don't know it all now, I know that they care about me enough that they're going to find a solution for me. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. They care. I've met experts that I could learn a lot, but actually I, I have spent money on that. And like, I just didn't feel like they cared. I felt like another number and heart centered service-based or coaches, I think that shows a lot more. A hundred percent. And the easiest way to show it is through social media. Like yeah. we all know, <laughs> like you go to you, if you go on social media, you can tell who's kind of faking it and who just like, who is showing up every day and just producing. Yeah. Those types of people, that's what I'm attracted to. Those are the types of people that I hang around are the people that are just looking to get better at whatever their craft is, whatever their art is every single day. And if you view it the same way, I mean, going back to what Yash was talking about, if you can figure out what will get you to show up for the long term, anything we're talking about here today won't matter if you're that person. No. Yeah, please don't be that person. You can tell. <laughs> Especially or if it, you meet them in person and it's just completely different. It's so sad. It's that is a short runway. That's how I look at it. It's yeah. just like it could work for a certain amount of time, but it's either going to be unfulfilling, something's going to happen in their life or their business. It's it's got a short time frame versus the long term is keep keep chopping the wood and eventually you're going to have a log cabin. Yeah. You'll attract the right people that are meant to be for you. Yeah. Um okay, so we talked about just kind of going through um you know, we talked about why it's important, really dove into, is it dived or dove? I struggled with this I yesterday. Dove. I went, I dove. I'm the wrong person. I'm so, this. <laughs> it's the second time that's happened to I me. I am the worst. Um, uh, just kind of diving more into the beginning of social media and why it's important and what that looks like content creation. And so now I want to dive into, um, you know, the importance of repurposing content you guys or it looks like you guys are the pros of repurposing content um what does that kind of explain to someone what that looks like it could be small it could be large um but what do we mean by repurposing content uh <clears throat> content has i mean i think the content cycle starts um a content piece doesn't end when you produce it and publish it, it actually starts when Ooh, you publish it um, because it now gives you the opportunity to say, I can take this and then recreate ideas from it. So then, as you had mentioned earlier, 
you know, it's, we don't have a whole lot of like, it's hard to get new ideas, but the reality is most of your ideas stem from your past learnings and past what you've done. So once you publish, for example, this podcast episode, we're going to say this entire episode exists, but Hey, there are pieces of this episode that sharing a specific part of it with someone is going to inspire that some, someone to now go take action. And that action could be, Hey, I'm going to start my content piece or Hey, this has intrigued my mind enough to go listen to more of this episode and then understand other pieces of it. So instead of just trying to publish this episode, it's like, how could I use this one thing in multiple ways? So for us, something that we do consistently is put out a podcast episode and then break that episode into multiple pieces of short form content, which is for on Instagram, it would be reels. And if it's not going to be, if it's on Instagram, that would be reels on YouTube. It would be just a small video of a snippet of an entire episode. Uh, Or, you know, you could go on Twitter and take part of that conversation and just have it as tweets. So it's ways for you to say, I can just rehash this thing in a way that can connect to various people uh, without having to go create something brand new all over again, because that goes now to the aspect of friction. Like you don't want to put yourself in the spot where you're like, well, I just finished this. So now I have to come up with something whole new thing again. What do I do sitting there thinking? But it's like, well, you can get inspired by what you've already done. So I would, yeah, that's what I would say. Think smarter or work smarter, not harder. (laughs) I'm going to go granular here. I'm already overwhelmed. Let's actually, I'm going to, I'm going to start high level and then go granular. Okay. Let's start high level. So from the age we're born until let's say you get out of college and you get a corporate job, you have to think where have things been repurposed in my life? So like really looking at, are we just recreating things all the time? Or are we utilizing things for their maximum output? Mm -hmm. When you go to first grade, usually you don't get new books every year, right? Yeah. They give you the same book that the first graders had the year before. So the reason I'm, I'm breaking it down like this is when people start their own business, it's not sustainable because usually they're creating something and throwing it out. So what I want you to think about is that first grader, if you gave that first grader a book, like their textbooks, you usually give them back at the end of the year, then you give the textbooks back to the next first graders the next year. Now imagine how much wood we would be wasting every single year. Why would we do that? Most business owners are doing that every day. They'll, they'll hire somebody for a $1,000 photo shoot. Oh they'll get the gosh. photos. They'll post it one time on social media expecting some type of sale, and then they'll never use the photos again. Me. <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent. So let's, let's move forward a little bit. So that was first grade, right? Let's get into the corporate world. We're in the corporate structure. Those systems are just so big now that it's very hard to see how they're repurposing things. But think about when you get hired, they already have a hiring process. It's the same process for everybody. So the, prop, the process of it is getting repurposed over and over and over and over again. Maybe every five, 10 years, they reinvest 
into that process and that system. But repurposing is happening everywhere around us, especially in today's world, like the whole sustainability, which is great. Like throw something out, it gets reused for something else. You have to think like that with content, which is very hard because it's digital. You don't feel the waste of it. But if you start understanding, we're filming on two cameras right now, we're recording audio. If I don't do anything with this, okay, one, I don't really care because it was fun, right? Like, right? <laughs> that's I do care. I that's, do care. That's a time. hobby. That's a hobby, <laughs> yeah. then, dear. That yeah. is a hobby. We're talking business. We just wasted, how much do you value your hour? How much do you value your hour, Yash and Courtney? How much do I value my hour? Now multiply that by what we could use this for. That's the waste. Well, and like how many, let's say, how many pieces of content can you take from one episode? Just throw a number. So I'm hesitant to do stuff like that because in the beginning, I want people to focus on quality over quantity. True. I'm just curious. And over the quantity. Because if you understand how to create one piece of content really quickly, scaling that up to 100 is just taking that one piece and then either creating a process of I need a video editor to chop it or like, so find that original system where to answer your question, this one episode, what I'd be looking for is a reel, photos, something to go on YouTube, something to go on LinkedIn, something to go on Twitter. Yeah. So, and the way that I would break that down is like, here's a repurposing of this podcast. One of the quotes earlier that I was talking about is if you chop enough wood, you're going to have a log cabin. You're eventually going to have enough wood for a log cabin. Right there, I can quote that. I can make that a reel. Then I can write it and make it a tweet. Then I can use a photo of all of us, put font over that of me. Right now, if you're listening to this and I'm on video, I'm chopping wood wood right here, right? Put that on LinkedIn. Tell a story of how to be like consistent with chopping the wood. Then take the audio and just throw it over a video of a guy chopping wood. That's another piece. I can use that on multiple different platforms. Let's say TikTok, Mm -hmm. right? And then email campaign. I want to get Courtney more listeners to her podcast. So what I'm going to do is take another still photo and then make it a GIF. So it's us like sitting here talking and it engages people on my email list. What I'm talking about here is understanding the context of the content. And that's where a lot of people don't understand that. They start with one platform and then they produce the same piece of content across the board. And that's why I was hesitant to say how many pieces of content could we create rather than what is a quality piece of content on Instagram is insanely different than what is going to work on LinkedIn. So if you start with, I want to create one great piece of content on LinkedIn. I want to create one great piece of content on Instagram. I want to create one great piece of content on insert your social media and then ask yourself, okay, what is a great piece of content on those? Talk with experts, list your fundamentals, create a blueprint, an SOP, standard operating procedure. Now I can replicate that operating procedure every single time I shoot a podcast or do a long-form interview or do a photo shoot for my brand. I can repeat that process over and over and over again. And the cool thing is eventually I can take myself out of the process and say, hey, when we shoot a podcast, 
we create 50 pieces of content. We create 10 pieces for each of these platforms. This is what they look like. This is how we do it. Go. But you only get there if you're the person on the other line right now that's listening to this and a little bit overwhelmed. What I would say is start with one platform and ask yourself, what content is working right now? And let's just say in social media, Instagram, Reels, I'm going to dial down to that. What's working right now is find trendy music, create a five to 15 second clip that's going to engage somebody really quickly. That's what's growing channels right now on Instagram. But if you do that same method on LinkedIn, it's not going to work. Yeah, that's really good that you mentioned like, because same thing on TikTok, like longer form might not be best on TikTok or um, like podcasts with the word overlay might not perform on TikTok, but it does for Tony Robbins or people that are already well known because people are already driven to their content. So stuff like that works for them. Um, I know I did that and I was like, wait, this is no one knows me. This isn't working for my uh, content. Um, okay, well, I'm still overwhelmed. Um, so let's break it down even further. So like, how does, so- okay, how does someone decide where to start with their content? Is it a podcast? Is it, do they start with um, a YouTube video? Do they start with an Instagram post or whatever they're doing? And then they take that and repurpose it. What are they doing? Like, what's what's the, their business? I don't know. Well, do I'm just trying like? to think what's the most, because my brain is always like, what's the most efficient way possible? So for me, I think that's podcasts to then um, Instagram to then TikTok and so forth. Do you have examples? Um, yeah, I feel like I, CJ has a question I have to a, ask you. I have a, okay, okay. I have a, I have a quote. <laughs> this is my brain, guys. Generate the path of this question. You said to be efficient, but we don't know how to be efficient until we like get into a system, right? So what I challenge people to do first is what would be effective? So an effectiveness is predicated on, I'd love to like create an archetype here. Like who are we talking about? Are they trying to, let's say digital business. Is that great? Because I can't about, put blanket statements. Okay, let's talk about an online coach who is three years into their business, they're crushing it, they're doing good, um, but they are not repurp- they, they are not taking advantage of repurposing their content. So to understand correctly, they are spending a lot of time on content every single day when their actual business is coaching their clients. Yes. What kind of coach? Does it matter? It does, okay. I think so. Uh, fitness coach, easy. Cool. The reason I asked for the, okay, let's go with the fitness coach. I would suggest that for a fitness coach, um, if we're going down the track of efficiency now. Or effective. (laughs) Well, it seems like they've got some effectiveness down because they've been in this space. You said they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So now it is understanding that their business needs to in essence, grab more clients that falls under, uh, let's say, in-person training that they want to get more people or even sell a product. So something that he does really well, um, he's got his Thrive on Fit page where he shares all of his exercises that he does and all the various types of ways to move your body. And that's 
easy for someone to now go and say, Hey, I'm going to save this because I can come back to it. So for this coach to make part of their content is going to be, Hey, I need to share free resources. So someone knows how to be able to move their body. So that is going to be part of their content strategy that they're going to use. So to be efficient, it's, you know, I think you speak a lot about this on your stories and as well as time block something within your week structure. And that could be in this example, Monday, 7 a.m., 7 to 8, this is my film session. On Sunday, I'm going to plan out what all parts of my various parts of coaching that I have, and then I'm going to go execute on Monday by just filming all of that stuff. I'll come back, save it into my bank. Come Tuesday, I'll just add small edits, which could be those little texts that say, do this, do that, and then cut them into all these pieces. So that you, on Sunday, you planned out what you're going to do. Monday, you went and filmed 20 exercises. Tuesday, you edited them. Now you have probably 20 videos, in essence, for the rest of like, I mean, 20 days, I guess, for per day that you can put out. And that's specifically only to the pillar of like exercising. And I'm sure as an online coach now for fitness, there's going to be other pillars that you identify. Part of it might be nutrition. So that in essence is every time that you do cook, you're like, I can just use this as an opportunity to save this and save it and save it. And over time, all of these things that have been saved up can be repurposed again because you have created, in essence, this Monday I eat this, Tuesday I eat this, Wednesday I eat this, and then someone comes up to you and says, hey, I kind of don't know what to eat on this day. It's like, well, I already have this like whole bucket of food that I eat. I can pick and choose from like, say, Monday, Tuesday. Like To make it very simple, it's eat just eat X, Y, Z on these days, but then you already know based off of the fact that you have this breadth of food, you can just say, I have this that you can go pick this and like, so that would be my, one of my solutions for this online coach. Okay. So that's the, that's, that's the efficiency answer. Yeah. The effective, which is a great, that's a great approach. The effective way to scale that though, is go to googletrends.com mm. and everything that you were talking about, I'm going to Google is someone, ter- is someone searching, how do I lose weight versus how do I lose 10 pounds? which one ranks higher than the other? And then you create the content, like let's say how to lose weight gets searched more than how to lose 10 pounds. You then create content in that lane. So to be effective, once you build that initial system and you start batching like you were talking about, the way that this coach is going from good to great, the way that you go to great is you play to win. You don't just play anymore. Like, And I want to give a lot of grace to if you're in the world of entrepreneurship and you're paying your bills, doing something you love, and you're helping people, you already won. But if you want to be MJ, like he had the best trainers, he had the best of the best of everything. And that was on purpose. It was, I want to seek greatness. And in business, seeking greatness is getting a leg up. So you can go to Google Trends, you can go to Ahrefs, and understand what are people searching for? Because if I'm going to post content and I'm going to be competing with a lot of good people out there, how do I start getting ranked just a little bit better? And here's an easy way for you to do so. I want you to go to your, I want you to go to your web browser and just Google your name. What comes up? 
are you ranking on your entire first page? If you Google CJ Finley right now, I own the entire first page. And not only do I own it, my Twitter comes up, my LinkedIn comes up, my Facebook comes up, my podcast comes up, both my websites come up. I am now owning the digital environment. So I'm setting myself up to build a foundation for the long run of I'm not just playing the play anymore. I'm not just playing to support myself with something I love. I'm playing, I want to I wanna support other people. I want to hire people to do what they love and build something even bigger. So based on this archetype, I would take Yasha's model and figure out what's my weekly schedule. And then after I dial into, I'm able to show up consistently every single week. It's how do I be more effective in this system. And one of the easiest ways for people to be more effective is to understand analytics and trends. So another easy one for content repurposing is right now I'm running probably 10 ads. I run them for four days. After day one, I see I drop the three lowest performing ads. After day two, I drop another three. So I only let four to five basically 50 to 60% continue on to the last day, the ones that are actually working. Then what I do is the ones that are probably in the top 10 to 20%, those are the ones I repurpose somewhere else because the ads are basically giving me new reach. So they're not the people that are liking my stuff daily. I have a lot of friends that will just like my stuff to like my stuff or comment because they like me. But if you're trying to go from good to great, you need new eyes that have never seen you before that are going to build trust with you immediately. And the way to do that is you might have to pay to play or you have to understand the analytics. And what, and what I mean by analytics is the SEO. Put, put your content out there in a way that is going to be effective and then start dialing into, okay, the things that are effective on Instagram, why was that effective? And how can I replicate a similar thing on a different platform. So you're not just guessing anymore. You're looking at the whole picture and then letting go of the stuff that didn't work and then trying to understand why things worked and then trying to shift that over onto a different platform. So to end on that, I just had a LinkedIn post that I repurposed something from a live talk that I did. The live talk did fairly well on Reels So then I was like, hmm, why do I think this did well on Reels? Well, I think it did well because I I told a story around if you're considered podcasting, if this would be a good realm for you. So then I was like, okay, maybe there's people out there that are considering podcasts. Well, what's a great platform for people that are potentially considering doing a podcast? LinkedIn. So immediately, yeah, business owners, uh, corporate corporate people trying to build networks, that's, that's a huge thing for a lot of corporations. They're all starting podcasts. So then I get more traction on LinkedIn than I usually do through that post, specifically because on Instagram, I noticed, hmm, this, this one piece of micro content from the one talk, and I'd posted three from that same talk, this one did the best. Why? That's the one I pulled over to LinkedIn. Where people mess up is they're just firing, shooting from the hip everywhere, which is great. Again, it probably pays your bills. But if you want to be more effective, take that, take that step back, start doing the analysis, and then basically shoot to kill rather than just firing into the woods. Wow. My brain is spinning. 
Because I'm like thinking I would be the person just to like start. Okay, we're going to repurpose this. And like I would have no rhyme or reason behind certain posts. What can you give an example what you're looking for? Um, like analytics wise, like for Instagram, maybe it's more saves um, and shares. Uh, I don't know LinkedIn. I really don't know much about that. LinkedIn is a beast. That's and what I, I mean by that, it's great. And it's also a beast to, to figure out. Um, the reason it's a beast to figure out is because it's a little bit more intimidating for a lot of people. But if you just look at it like social media, again, it's to be social and you're solving a problem, then you won't have an issue with it. So for LinkedIn, what I'm really looking for is what is going to create the most engagement. And if I'm a business, what creates the most engagement is maybe highlighting your, like, this is what I'd be doing if, if I had a 20 person business, like once a month, I'd be highlighting one of my employees and then another time of that month, I'd be highlighting customers and I'd be telling a story around A to Z. What is our business? Why we do business? Who we do it for? Who's being impacted? And when someone goes and likes one of those photos, the difference between Instagram and anyone else is now their entire network could see that they like that post oh, wow. up until like weeks later because most people aren't signing into LinkedIn every day mm-hmm. like they do Instagram. So I could see Yash liked a video on podcasting from a month ago and I could see it today. And that's relevant to me because I trust Yash and then I like podcasting. So now that person just captured my eyes a month later. And that's why LinkedIn is super important. LinkedIn also is uh, similar in essence to YouTube where I think that the buckets of people that go onto those spaces are ones who are saying, I want to learn. I'm here for specifically learning purposes. That's like the utmost priority. So the content that people, businesses could share is giving away educational aspects within their space where it's like, what can I teach this person that feels like they've absorbed something really quick? On Instagram, per se, that same business could now just show some behind the scenes of what they do and that's like oh wow i'm seeing what this business does kind of to that point versus the education aspect really skyrockets a lot on linkedin and on youtube um, as the two platforms so that's something i wanted to add that makes so much sense now that you said that because tiktok and instagram i would say are more like entertainment and short content like short attention span um And then like YouTube, you can use it searching and Pinterest, I guess, like how to blank. It is truly educational. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just understanding your customer. One of the reasons I podcast is the most highly intellectual people, the content that they go towards are books and podcasts Yeah, because it's educational. So if I want to tap into that market and I want to, and I want to learn, I selfishly do it because I want to learn and I want to be connected to people that are way smarter than me. Well, I'm going to podcast, but then how do you convert some of the people that are being entertained by information on Instagram? How do you convert them in the podcast listeners? That's the key. That's where like, if I knew the exact answer to that, like I'd be 
very wealthy. But you have to test that for yourself because everyone's podcast is different. Everyone's audience is different. And that's where I go back to the very beginning of this conversation. Like you have to pay your tuition. Yeah. You, you were willing to pay tuition for college. You have to be willing to pay tuition in business. And tuition in business is just time. It's time, energy, and a lot of dealing with headaches Trial and <laughs> along air. the way. <laughs> and some good cries. Yeah. You brought up the quality over quantity. It feels like it's like a chicken and egg aspect. You want to put in quality, but it's this cycle of like you have to put in that quantity. Not perfectionism. Work. Yep, correct. Quality. Uh, okay, so you're bringing up a great point because – I do a lot of quantity. So someone's going to call me out and be like, bro, like you're, but in the beginning I took an, and I, I really took a step back and be like, what do I want to be quality at? And it's like, okay, well, what makes quality posts across the board? Typically copywriting. So people think it's video and audio and all these things. It's like, if you can become a good writer or you can partner with good writers, you're going to do well in business. I mean, you're, you're a web, you do websites. So the difference between copy on website could be oh, tremendous yeah. in conversion rate. So I start picking apart, like, what do I want to be quality at? That's going to have a long-term benefit. I don't even mean be perfect. Like I'm far from perfect. And most of my content, like I put it out before I even, like even this podcast studio, this is not how I want it to look, but we're putting it out. Right. But it's quality enough to this point to continue to just like, a to B mindset. How do I go from A to B and just make it a little bit better than it was yesterday? And if you just do that, 20 years go by and you're like, damn, I have a, I have a diamond now because I've just been like, yeah, for 20 years. I talk about that a lot. Like when it comes to creating courses, a lot of clients will worry about how it looks on the back end. I'm like, they really don't care. All they care about is the value that they're putting into it. And like, what do they get out of it? So I think if you can apply that to creating content, like one, are you creating this for you? Or are you creating it for helping your ideal client? And two, what is maybe like one small takeaway they can get from that piece of content instead of like just overloading information? What do they get from that piece of content? I think if you create from that heart-centered place, then that becomes the quality. <sighs> that's a that's million-dollar advice right there. Yeah. If you We're can... going to take that clip and repurpose that. Yeah, that is, that is million-dollar advice. It's meet people where they're at. And I mean, I, I look, I, I'm always like in storytelling mode and like thinking of ways to visualize things. If I brought you 10 different types of meats when you're starving, it's overwhelming. But if I just bring you a hamburger, yeah, you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, it like in the beginning, those, that platter is like, oh my God, this is great. But then you're just like, fuck, what do I, which one do I eat first? And this and that. And it's just like a visual way of so many people are doing that with their content and they're also doing that with their websites. Um, and then they're also doing that with their podcasts. Like a lot of what Yash and I do is trying to get people to dial into like, there's so much work that people are doing that they don't need to be doing. Like they're overdoing it. Mm -hmm. And that's where systems. Like what have you really seen? Oh man, I'll let you want to start. With like what people do that, <laughs> or just like one thing that time. really like you're like, oh, if I could only um, tell them. He he brought up a great point about copy making a huge difference. How like and we were talking about platforms now and how Instagram has changed through time. 
Instagram has become this like quick consumption entertainment. So if you put out this like collage of a photo or it's like just like this photo that has like some small graphic on it, people are inclined to look at the graphic and go, okay, like, is this going to, if the graphic doesn't stand out by itself, if you go spend a half hour trying to create this perfectionism of like a caption, People are not going to oh, read Oh, yeah. People are not going to read that. So to this point, like one of the things, okay, that's how people are wasting time. But where could that time be reframed? What people are doing now, and I've seen this work on my own, is getting good at putting copy into the reels. So like taking a trending audio from like Joe Rogan or somebody inspirational, writing it out mm-hmm. in the actual reel and getting people to capture their attention that way. That's different than like the caption in the in the uh, actual post. That does really well on TikTok. Like I do a bunch of like just the text overlays, and it's the easiest thing. Like it takes me five seconds, and like I think that's a uh, that would be a great uh, thing for someone to take away. How do they go about finding trending audio? Oh, that gosh. is something. Because you asked what is the like something that someone who's a nine to five can step into, I think finding a trending audio makes it super fun for someone to go, oh wow, this is trending. I can find my own unique way to attach myself to it. A question that I often get is finding trending audio. I actually don't know the answer. I don't either. I got asked ask that the wife. other day. She's really good at that. But honestly, here's how I've been doing it. <laughs> and I'm I don't know why I said honestly. Yeah, just trying to get me to stop saying that. Um, so I, I call myself. That's the first step, right? Yep. What I've been doing is not looking at the reels. I go to reels and then I scroll and I hear which ones are coming up the most. Okay. Well, you can because see if it you en- too. Yeah, but if you engage with them, no, like you can see the amount of times it's been used. Yeah, but. That's not necessarily trending. If it's been used a ton, it might not be trending. It might have trended. Oh, on TikTok, it tells you the time frame, I guess. I don't think Reels does. Oh, I'd have to look into that. But I look for trends based on what is that happening right now. So I'll, I'll literally like take five minutes. And then what I've been doing is like, say we were sitting here with no, no podcasts on and we're just working, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just scroll and I'll start. What are the ones that I'm hearing consistently? And then I just save oh that. And within a week, I use that, that audio. And then also it's contextual. So like my fitness page, a lot of the ones that do well are the more motivational stuff or like quick hip hop, like five seconds of yeah, a trending hip hop song. So understanding the context also plays with the trending, but have fun with it is what I would say. Yeah. Like it's music. It's fun. Yeah, what I do for TikTok, so I start with TikTok and then I repurpose that to Instagram Reels just because um, different reasons, I guess, but um, that's what's worked for me. And I will go through like ones that I hear and then I'll click on the audio and then see how many times it's been used. And then you can see the top 10 recent posts if that's been used within the last five to six days, then you know it's trending. Um, th- but that's again for TikTok. I don't know. It's and how it's long a- is that going to last? That's another thing. Like, what I want somebody to take away from this podcast is like perfect. 
be ruthless at perfecting the things that are going to outlast yeah. the trends. Yeah. So copywriting, learning how to do video and simple editing and storytelling, those are going to benefit you whether you're in 2022 yep. or they're in 2080. Because Noah, our buddy right now, his one of our best friends, his book is sitting on our table right now, This Way to the Stars. Writing has been around, like he loves philosophy, Marcus Aurelius, how many thousands of years has that stayed, that that art form? Mm -hmm. So what does that look like today? And trending music, I mean, tomorrow, Spotify could be like, we're not doing this with you anymore and no more trending music. So from my end, I'm always very careful with where I'm spending a lot of my time and what I'm learning and more so on curating skills that are going to be usable now or a hundred years from now. Yeah. Like the trends are fun, um, but don't base your entire content strategy around trends. <gasps> yeah. I would say that going back to, I think it was one of the first things that we talked about. It's your identity and your pillars. That's pillars. Yes. That is a huge essence of just trying to say, this is what I identify across the board and I want to show up and do the quality and then mix that into quantity because after you do quality within those pillars, you're going to get streamlined enough to say, now I can process this to someone else to start creating a lot of quantity of great quality stuff. Yeah. And I want to hit on one, one thing while we're still recording. Focus on f a following, not followers. And what I mean by that is if you have a thousand true fans, like there's a lot you can accomplish in life. And... Man, heck, if you have a if you have a couple fans and they're your friends and your family and the people around you, you won already. So don't look at social media and repurposing like a slot machine where like we go to casinos and we are always losing. Mm -hmm. Right? The the game is stacked against us. That's how a lot of people look at social media because somebody else in their niche has already made it and they look like everything is stacked against them. A following versus followers is don't even look at the numbers on the screen. What you're trying to accrue is people that you've impacted in their lives that are taking action to help their own communities and the people around them. And if that's what you're striving to do, you, anybody can accomplish that on social media. Like it doesn't matter who you are or where you've come from. You can, if you are striving to be a better person and put out value, you're going to be valuable to somebody on the other end and they're going to make a value on their immediate circle. So you've accomplished what the whole point of all of it is in the first place of the human existence. And that's just to help each other adapt and get better for the next generation. And I wanted to, to be very clear on that before we wrap this up, because I've seen a lot of people over the past decade of being on social media that get depressed or are talking about depression or comparison, people very close to me. And yeah. I empathize with that and want to help kind of shift the narrative by giving people a look at it of even if you've impacted one person, that person has been you. Yeah. That's what you're striving for. And if you create great stuff, it might take, you might strike gold and it takes a year or less, or it could take 20 years. 
but yeah. it's making you a better person. And at the end of the day, your existence is better because of it. Well, and another example that, cause I think I struggled with that when I first started, I looked at vanity metrics and I s- very quickly found out that they don't matter at all. I knew lots of people with 3000 followers that had six figure incomes from social media. And so like you said, a true follower following of a thousand followers, that's a thousand people that you can change their lives versus 10,000. How many of that, of those 10,000 people are you, are true followers, you know? Um, and then how many people do you know that have a million followers, but they can't sell a $35 t-shirt? Yeah. There's I, lots of them out there. I'm really glad you brought up the thousand true fans aspect because as a person wanting to use content as a business model, um, if you have a thousand true fans and that comes from repetitively, like you brought up the 20 years, just small chipping away slowly at it. A thousand true fans are as well. Like you spend 10 bucks on Netflix. If you, chances are if you're spending 10 bucks on Netflix and 10 bucks on something else, you're likely to spend 10 bucks on a person that you are like, this person like is a solution for me is providing me something on a day-to-day basis or whatever basis it is that you're willing to spend $10 a month to support that person for who's supporting you in some way. And that for a thousand true fans turns into a hundred thousand dollar salary for someone. I love that. Um, so it's, it, it starts with small increments, but if you stick with your personality and just go down that path of identifying who you are, the whole conversation that we started around the benefits of social media, it's to connect with someone else mm-hmm. and you start connecting with five people, 10 people, it starts growing and it gets to the point where it's like, I really, you, you, you can, it's a very huge reality that you'll have a good thousand friends, thousand true fans who are willing to say, I'm going to support. And you've got a six figure salary, which is phenomenal. Everything goes back to heart centered. The more that you can focus on serving, everything else just comes naturally. Like at the end of the day, like we're just not taught. Like when you say service, yeah. when we grow up in the system that we're in, it's study alone, take the test alone, Mm-hmm. You, we typically leave our hometowns and go to a college where we don't like. We're trying to recreate ourselves, but then still follow in line and listen to what we're told to do. Then we go even worse into a job where we don't. We're we're now strapped for cash because we have bills to pay and we have all this new information coming towards us, and we start asking ourselves, "Is this the way life is?" Mm-hmm. We're not. We're never asked like, "How do we serve other people?" Because we're only serving ourselves from day one. Yeah. Serve your grades, serve yourself to get your job. Like that's just America has ingrained that in people. And it's, I, I love, I love this country dearly, but it's something that I'm a big believer in be the change you wish to see. And one of the changes I wish to see was we need to help people around us. And that's why I love entrepreneurship. And that's why I love social media because when people DM me, I get to help them Yeah. or vice versa. I can reach out for help and we can help each other. And one of the coolest things I get to experience is I have friends in all different cities that they can either fly in and stay here. It literally in this podcast room, 
there's friends that I've had stay here that I've met on social media. Yeah, that is That's cool. reality. Yeah. That is not repurposing content. That is, I get to spend quality time with an amazing human being because of this connection that we made on this digital interface. And it's so undervalued that most people don't ever experience that because we're not teaching it. And we have our guards up. Like no one is better than anyone else. And like, we're all here to help each other. I think this is probably off topic, but I, I notice a shift in my attitude when I moved to California versus like the Midwest. And it made me value or appreciate more so like my family and what they do and just that environment that they had around them. You know, growing up, I was like, small town, everyone knows everyone, like, this is not for me. And then I moved to a big city where you're alone. No, you don't know your neighbors. Um, And moving to Austin, it was, again, like coming back to that Midwest environment. And I thought, wow, this is truly special. And this is why my family loves that so much. And so I, again, off topic, but it's that's very on came. topic though. And here's why a lot of people move to Austin and they're all transplants. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing that I, I realized I lived in an apartment complex for three years. I didn't meet a single person from that complex. Me too. Out there. Like, I mean, if I would have went to the pool and I would have partied, I probably would have met people. But in the oh, complex, that's another topic. Like, I'm not running into people while I'm going to this whatever. And I wasn't spending time at the pool partying with other people. So I didn't really meet people at the complex, right? Which is interesting because if you go back a couple decades, there's no social media. So you have to talk yeah. to the people right near you because what else is there? Mm-hmm. There is no, you can't see these other people. The frustration I have is in schools and in, and in jobs, we're not teaching people how to utilize the tools in a positive way. Yeah. We're just allowing them to be taken into a negative light. So most people are using these tools in a negative way because the positive people, the way that we've experienced it is not the norm. Mm-hmm. The norm is we're just going to scroll and we're going to hate and we're going to – that's the norm for a lot of people, which then – unfortunately inhibits them from experience what we've experienced where I get to find my people mm-hmm. just by literally creating a username and then looking for a couple hashtags and then finding the cool people in Austin, Texas, going to an event and meeting them in person. And within a week, you can be connected to your circle just because of social media. And that's our reality now. So we need to be teaching that and we need to be showcasing that to other people and that's where I think having this podcast, I'm, I'm grateful that we had this conversation because it's enlightened me even more. I need to speak up about it more. Yeah. Well, that's how I met you. I met you and then you. I'm talking you as you. you can see me. <laughs> I met CJ and then I met Yash through CJ, but um, it was from Angela. I met her on social media and then I came to a fitness workout, met you, and then it's just, it's a ripple effect. It's... Social media can be used for the good. I think it's, you know, good people do good things with money. Good people Mm. do good things with social media. Um, Okay. Uh, This has been long. This has been so great. The last question that I want to ask real quick, tools. I love tangible uh, tips. So we have the strategy. We have the ideas of what people can do with content repurposing. What are some good, good tools 
that people can use to help them repurpose. They're like, okay, this is great, but like, how does this actually work? Let me start this one. I'll give everyone the framework and then you have some legit tools that you've helped me with. Um, so from a high level, and then I'll let Yash go granular, high level, you need to have a project management system, you need to have a database system, and then you need to have a people system. Let's start with people system. You need to have those core values that we started with in the first place. So you need to write them down somewhere, right? I highly recommend you write them down in your project management system. So whether that's Trello or Asana or however else you want to manage what you're trying to achieve within your business, not just social media, but your entire business, then it's database. Where are you storing everything? So from financials to your marketing, to your social media photos, to your videos, having a Google Drive or a Dropbox that you can scale above and beyond yourself is vital. So what you'll then see is within those three pillars, you're going to have different tools and technologies that you can use, which I guess I'll let you rip it. And then if there's anything that uh, I can touch on that you didn't say, yeah. I'll um, come in. <clears throat> I want to piggyback off an answer CJ said a while back when we were doing the hypothetical scenario of this online coach, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, how to get them um, kickstarted. One of the things was uh, a tool is answerthepublic.com. That is a phenomenal way for someone who is a business who is wanting to create content to, to his point, understand what exactly people are searching for. Um, go on this website, type in a general topic, and it breaks it down with the exact searches of why, what, how, and a lot more. So it gives you a whole idea of what kind of searches people are making. And then that just gives you all this content ideas for you to plan and put into the database that he's just talking about right now. Um, another tool, uh, which people could use, uh, like, like this online coach, it can be around, um, an app called Descript where this podcast is going to go on Descript um, and it's going to create a sort of transcription. And once you have transcription, that in essence helps you recreate and repurpose a lot of content because you know what you're looking for and what things will work. So um, after this conversation, we're probably going to search for online coach within that transcription and be able to use that as an example now Ooh. to be able to showcase that specific scenario as a small video or turn that even specific thing to take part of that transcription and go on Canva, which is a design tool, and post that specific text underneath or on top of uh, an image of an online coach. Um, so Canva is used primarily for designs that people can use for specifically um, Instagram carousels and whatnot, and then uh, being able to take the transcription to then go on um, CapCut is an other one for video-based editing, which is how do you take that? You see the shiny new thing that's on Instagram right now where people have captions just popping up based off what they talk about. So you can take Descript, take that small text, export it onto CapCut on your phone, and then just you have captions and you would be automatically be able to prop that on your phone itself if you're not going to use if you don't, if you want to be, if you don't have a laptop and don't want to do that, if you just do it off of your phone, you can use it on CapCut and have transcriptions show up on top of what you're talking about. Um, we live now in a space where people don't necessarily listen to all of your stuff. It's on mute. So caption based things really make a huge difference. So that would be another 
big tool for content creators to really reach out. I just want to confirm. So you upload the video to CapCut. Your direct video from your phone. To CapCut. To is Cap it Cut. an app or like a it desktop? An, it okay. is an app. It's an app on your phone. And, and then you take the text that you want and you put it. And actually, or does it auto-populate? It, it has an auto-transcription okay. caption thing that it creates. Cool. And those are all great tools. And here's how you can potentially mix them together. So I'll get super practical here where we're going to take Yash's clip that he just said and we're going to put it in Descript and we're going to showcase somebody on a podcast by going to Canva, looking up video podcast, and then I'm going to put the text of what Yash just said over that Canva overlay. And then I'm going to distribute that on social media. Okay, cool, right? So we use Descript, we use Canva, and then we distribute it on social media. That's great, but we were talking about repurposing earlier today, correct? So what we want to use is some type of scheduling tool where you can reuse that same piece of content but not have to click around to all these different platforms. So you can use Later, Hootsuite, Sprout Social, there's tons out there, but find some type of content organization system so that everything, all the tools that Yash was talking about, once you grow from good to great, like the good people can fire content every single day, but greatness is really figuring out how do we win one month from now mm. and setting up campaigns. And what that's really, what that really is dialed down into is having some type of project management system and content calendar system where you're making sure that you're maximizing all the content that you're producing, which means you're repurposing it on all the channels all in one place. And you can see it all in one place. Going back to what you just said of researching what you need to be posted. It's about to be the end of summer. So Labor Day is coming up, right? So if I'm somebody, if I'm a business and I'm understanding like what Labor Day sales that I want for, let's say, fitness coach again, I'm looking up like what are people searching during Labor Day, um, end of year summer cut, whatever, end of year summer bulk, whatever, right? Look that up and then start producing your content a month in advance and getting that in your calendar that's where greatness is really found, where you're really projecting out your content rather than just shooting from the hip on a daily basis. I, I have a quick question. How do you have someone or like your guys, like the way that you're thinking of content, did that always come natural or <laughs> when does that kick in? Um, I'm me, sure with practice. He said that he said he's engineering background. I got my background in for formal education in computer science. For me, that was always like, I don't have any answer. It's computer science to me was like, you were, you don't have an answer. So how do I get this answer? Just get on Google. So yeah. it for looking back for me, it's like, I've always been the person like, I know I don't have this answer. I'm just gonna get on Google and start typing in a question for what I don't know. And then it, I guess through time, it just became this practice of like, how do I ask questions? And that's put me in this position of now, like I ask these questions and then I'm like, okay, there's probably something, if I've had this question, someone else probably yeah. has had this question. Um, so it just put, takes you down this path of like, okay, the question leads you down some solution or a tool. And then, yeah, that, I would say that's how I go about it. And the question that most people ask is how do I make $10,000 a month doing what I love? That That is a, that is like, an in, it's not an industry specific thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why 10,000 is the number, but they're like, how do I make 10K building my business, doing what I love, right? 
they're asking the wrong question. Mm -hmm. The right question is how do I make 10K in as least amount of time as possible? And when you're thinking content, it's how do I produce 10K worth of content in as least amount of time as possible? So when you start asking that question, you start finding tools and resources that are gonna help you solve that equation. If you solve that equation, you can compete with everyone else around you. You'll be in the top 1%. So I mentioned earlier, playing to win is predicated on okay, the winners out there, they're producing three pieces of content per day on multiple platforms. And then I say, okay, how are they doing that? Most people, they just don't want to do the work to figure out the how. Yeah. That's, that, that's it. 99% of the people, they're the ones holding themselves back. They just don't want to figure it out. They don't want to take the time to figure it out because all the answers are out there on Google. But it, it starts from not even the answers. It starts from asking the right questions. So like 10K a month, Millions of people have done it. But mm -hmm. do you want to be the person making 10K a month working 80 hours a week? Or do you want to be the person making 10K a month working five hours a week? I don't know about you, but I want to be the second person. <laughs> yeah, me too. So that's where that thinking comes in is like, I've done all this myself. I've, these are my cameras. This is my audio. I'm a one-man machine. There's no way I can sustainably do this for the rest of my life if it was like, or if I'm just like taking the video and then uploading the one video, like, no, I got to figure out how do you take a video as quickly as possible, chop it up, get it into a format for multiple different platforms, then eventually hire other people to work that system. Okay. But here's my question. How do we find Yash? How do we find another Yash? Like when someone is at that point where they're already to hire, how do you find someone who is thinking that and isn't? Like just, oh, let me pull this clip and um, or looking for the best ways to repurpose that. Does that make sense? I mean, well, they're, they're a dime a dozen. I think. What, what, do, what do people need to look for? So here's a quick hack. You're not a dime a dozen. I just want to make sure that Josh <laughs> is not a dime a dozen. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, just want to clarify that. <laughs> um, a quick hack using Instagram is Instagram, just like YouTube, just like LinkedIn has its own search um, basis. I think yours, you say your name and then you have website design. Mm -hmm. If you were to be like, well, I need someone who needs to help me with websites, you could go on Instagram and just search website and it's gonna populate some stuff. Like you can hop on that person's page and chances are someone in their comments is going to be someone else who's going to do that and it's, Going back to the power of social media, reach mm -hmm. out to someone and just say, hey, I don't know how to go about this thing, but it seems like you kind of have this solution. So I'll go even more granular because I don't like sometimes I just like for this type of stuff, I don't like dealing with people and I don't want to work with friends because friends, yeah. friends right. make things complicated. I love my friends and I want to keep it that way. So I'm going to go on Upwork or I'm going to go on Fiverr and I'm ripping this right from Ryan Helms. Like this man is a beast at building systems around hiring people um, for his agency. Literally go on one of those resources. There's a million, there's, there's multiple different platforms where you can search for talent that's in America or not in America. You go there, you have a specific project in mind. You hire people to do that project. Whoever, say we hire five, say we give five people this project that's 50 bucks a pop. So I invested 250 bucks. Whoever the top two people are that do the project the most, then I give them another project, pay them a little bit more. So say now $100. So I've invested like $500 in this process. 
the top person I then interview and make sure that we would get along and they're on top of my vision of for the long run. So then I would sign them to six month contract, a year long contract, however long that I want to use that per- person for mm-hmm. that specific thing. So there's a lot of ways that you can go about it, but creating and in, investing is going to help you in the long run. I think a lot of people shoot them selves in the foot because they don't invest in the hiring process and they're just like they find a friend and they're like hey I'll throw you 50 bucks to do this well the friend's not really bought in it's not really their expertise then it hurts the friendship and then or they just hire some random person from some website without actually giving them a project that doesn't matter to their business at first so like when I say project give them a project that doesn't matter like hey I have this graphic or I have this video chop it up and give them give them give them context of like, I'm going to use this as a reel on Instagram and it's targeting these people and here's the rules. What would you produce? Right. And then they're going to come back and you're going to have five people that come back with five different things. Mm -hmm. Whatever one hits home with you the most, that's the ones you move along with. Perfect. That's what I was kind of looking for. Like give them a project because instead of having to train them and then you go through this process and you realize, oh, this is not what I was looking for. You should like, I've had multiple people work on my podcast and Jake right now who does the the show notes and creates some reels for me. When he came in to do the show notes, I never trained him. I had an SOP and a video that explained that someone else actually created. I didn't even create my own SOP oh, for my own nice. podcast. <laughs> right? You can hire people to do SOPs for you. Yeah. Like you're out. Cause I don't like sitting down there and like figuring out the process. I'll literally sit there and somebody else will say, CJ, when you create the podcast, just tell me everything that you do. And like that person took the notes and then yeah. created the SOP. And then when Jake came in, he'd never done it before. I never taught, I never had one phone call with him. He just started executing. Just love that. Love those document. people. Speaking of tools, and I'll just do a plug uh, for this. I can I can reshare this when we create content from it. But there's a Chrome extension called Scribed. It's phenomenal. I made a post on this. You just have to do your work, which is the task that you're doing. It automatically creates your SOP. You don't even have to think, worry about having to do all these other things. You just wow. click each click. It takes a screenshot of your clicks so you could understand I, maybe I don't need this click delete it this click means I'm doing a certain action you write it up the whole <laughs> SOP is written up so I have you a just, post you just took over a task an ops person would that you would pay an ops person to do yeah I suppose it's a tool it's a great tool yeah That's so awesome. that person maybe that person just did what you said like <laughs> maybe person, and then, like, but I don't care probably $2,000 yeah I'm a people person yeah. so but that, all right yeah Cool. Um, cool beans. One question that I like to ask to wrap things up for each of you is what advice would you tell your younger self? I mean, mine's short and seat. Keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Like, don't stop. There's going to be people that doubt you, even some of the people that are closest to you. Don't let, don't let external energy become internal. Love that. Uh, mine's going to be continuously explore and iterate, um, explore and iterate until you figure out your own identity. Um, uh, I, that's what I would tell myself if I could go back in time, I wish I had explored and done a lot more at a younger age, uh, rather than staying the course that was given in front of me. So, in the system. 
Yep. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This was so fun. Um, can you share where people can find each of you? DM me at cj.finley, F-I-N-L-E-Y, on Instagram, and go check out Thrive on Life podcast, and go listen to Courtney's episode. Oh, she yeah. crushed it, and I'm very excited that I was able to uh, be a guest on yours. Yeah. Um, same thing, Instagram handle, at Yash Chitneni. That's going to be spelled out for you. Yes, in the, the show, show notes. notes. So uh, you can find me there, or also on sarinpods.com. That is uh, where you could check out some of the stuff that I'm doing with uh, repurposing content. Awesome. This is so good. Well, thanks for coming on. All right, guys, we'll catch you in the next episode. As always, thanks for listening. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or on Instagram to help support the show. If you want additional resources to help you grow your business, you can find them on my website at CourtneyMarieCo.com or below in the show notes.